Master Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Rasta Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. That's right, SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including Swamp Boys Genetics, TH Seeds, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah, welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 676 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on a couple of Patreon questions. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout-outs to a few of the great folks who support the show on Patreon. Let's start off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout-out to Jessica K. I want to send a thank you shout-out to Nick A., Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Blackhawks fan. I want to send a thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, Pac Northwest Dan. Let's send a thank you shout out to my good friend, Lefty's Farm. Let's send a thank you shout out and a fist bump to Nick P. Let's follow that up with a thank you shout out to my buddy, Mister. Let's send another thank you shout out to Canna Reaper. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Frankie. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Rasufa. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Ivan M. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen and you know I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description. This is also the part of the show where I do invite you to join the Discord server. We're at approximately 1,500 members on the Discord server. I think you would have a good time over there. Come join us. If you like the podcast, if you like my ramblings, if you're into growing ganja, if you're into growing from seed, if you're into growing from clone, if you're into the cannabis community, I think my Discord server is a great spot for you. Come join the server. Come join the party. We're smoking out. We're talking about growing. We're doing yoga over there. We're talking about sports. We're talking about all kinds of great stuff. Come join us on the Discord server. There is a link in the show notes and in the video description. And once again, big shout out to everybody who hangs out on the Discord server. It wouldn't be quite the same without you there. All right, where do we go from here? I get to talk about being in the greenhouse. If you've been watching the show, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the greenhouse project I've got going on. That's right, I did some breeding in a greenhouse. I was at the greenhouse earlier today. My fingers are still sticky, my arm hair is still sticky, but I am super excited because the seeds that are happening in that greenhouse are almost ready. They're getting super hard. They're getting a nice dark color to them. They're getting some tiger stripes. They look really, really good. I'm really excited. So pretty soon we will have some outdoor bred Irie genetic seeds. 
Uh, I was amazed. I've talked about this before on the show. I'm just kind of talking about it again because I'm excited. I like to give you guys updates on what's going on with my projects, uh, bring you in, make you feel included, but I am super excited. Those plants happened much more quickly than I expected it to happen. They were uh, ready for pollen earlier than I anticipated. Uh, the pollen dumped earlier than anticipated. The seeds hardened up much more quickly. So I learned a lot this year with our inaugural outdoor run. People have been asking a lot of questions since I've been hinting about what I put out there. I'll give you a couple of uh, couple of ideas of what went out there this year. I did put an Arise male. The King Solomon male was in the greenhouse. So everything that got pollinated uh, was pollinated by King Solomon. The first male that I should talk about that we put out there was the Platinum Tangy. Why did I put Platinum Tangy out there? Because that makes sun-kissed seeds. I'm very familiar with the Platinum Tangy plant, and I'm very familiar with the Sunkiss Cross, so I'll be able to tell what that Platinum Tangy plant is doing outdoors compared to what it does indoors. Then once the seeds are made, I've got plenty of, that makes Sunkiss is what that makes, I've got plenty of Sunkiss seeds that were made indoors, now I've got Sunkiss made outdoors. Now the next move is to grow both of those in similar conditions and see if the outdoor produced seeds show any difference than the indoor produced seeds of the same cross. I use the same exact genetics, but one was made indoors, one was made in a greenhouse. I personally, honestly, realistically do not know if we will see any difference in the expression. Um, there were different things in the environment which may uh, fall in line in epigenetics or I don't know how it may work. They may, there may be differences is what, I'm, is what I'm saying and I want to grow them, I'm excited to find out. So we started off with that Platinum Tangy outdoors. There is a blueberry cookies plant outdoors so that we can make more blue raspberry truffle. Uh, a lot of people are asking for blue raspberry truffle seeds. We're making some outdoors. There is a mandarin sunset plant outside so we can make more of the lady marmalade. There are some new things, some things that I'm making brand new crosses of, and there are others out there that we don't need to talk about right now. I do like leaving a little bit of suspense got to build that suspense a little bit. We'll talk more about what's out there in the future, but I wanted to kind of tease you a little bit. They're getting, the seeds are getting hard. The buds are getting fat. They are so sticky and so stinky. Uh, I was out there at the greenhouse and then I had to run a couple of errands and everywhere I went after that, they gave me dirty looks because I was stinking so good. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful aroma, but it went so fast. It happened so quickly. Uh, I was amazed. So next year we're going to do things a little bit, but a lot a bit differently, and we should produce two or three times as many seeds next year. I'm excited. Get excited with me because pretty soon I will be sending these seeds out for testers. All right, now I do want to take a moment to give my buddy Mike a shout out. If you are a follower of the podcast, you know that oftentimes I do have my buddy White Mike on the podcast. Uh, Mike is my buddy. He does the, uh, we say that I do the grow part of the house. I do all the, everything that involves plants, that is my job. The part that involves paperwork, uh, contacting the lawyer, uh, all of that stuff, that is sort of Mike's department. So we say that Mike handles the front of the house, I handle the back of the house. Uh, Mike is kind of my tag team partner when it comes to the cannabis industry. Big shout out to Mike for his, all of his hard work, dedication to our industry and our community. What I'm heading at, you guys, is Mike has a Patreon page where he has recently posted a great Patreon post. You can go read his post. If you are interested in becoming a cannabis activist, a cannabis advocate, if you want to be involved, if you want to go to city council and speak, if you want some ammo, if you want some education, Mike is a great source of that information, a great source for that education. He recently posted a couple of things on his Patreon that I think would be beneficial for you to read if you want to be active in this community. So big up to my buddy Mike. Go check him out at patreon.com forward slash white 
Mike. And really briefly, I'll just explain why we call him White Mike. Uh, Mike is my buddy that uh, I'm a white guy with dreadlocks. I know that that's a cliche thing, but I'm the white guy with dreadlocks, smoking a fat joint with the music too loud in the car, driving too fast. And Mike will politely remind me, he'll say, hey, buddy, you're the white guy with dreadlocks with the music too loud, smoking a joint, driving too fast. Pick one or two of those and only do one or two of those at a time or you're going to go to jail today. And I'd be like, yeah, you're kind of right, buddy. And so it's kind of a joke that I call him White Mike. He's just just make sure to follow the rules. He's a super uptight white guy, but I need that on my team because I'm the fucking opposite. We create a good balance. <clears throat> so that's why you got the name White Mike. Just a white dude. Super. He listens to 311 and wears Genkos. Uh, what more white dude could you ask for, right? Big shout out to my buddy White Mike. Nothing but love for that guy. Good dude. Uh, I read genetics in the podcast would not be here without Mike's uh, encouragement, support, advice, and activism. So big up, dude. Thank you. Go support White Mike. That's enough rambling and kissing Mike's ass. Let's move forward. I do have some Patreon questions here laid out in front of me. Big up to everybody that supports the show on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Which one do we read first? I think I'm going to grab this one right here. It's just to the left of me. Convenient. Um, This one came from, do they want their name said? They signed their name J6. Big up to J6 at J6 Organics. This question says, Rasta Jeff, I hope you were keeping well and feeling iry. My brother, I'm feeling great. Thank you. I hope you're feeling iry. Hope things are good. Hope the plants look good. Hope the garden is going well. It says here, I enjoyed listening to your Grow From Your Heart podcast shows, and recently I stumbled upon episode 602, where you speak in detail about the silver thiosulfate recipe and the method used in creating your solution. Yes, thank you for listening, bro. I'm hoping that that's working well for you. I hope you're on the path to making some silver thiosulfate and some fem seeds. And thank you for listening, by the way. It does say, here is my question. Upon mixing the two-part solution together, this solution is further diluted to a one to nine ratio. Sounds like you're on the right path. We've made one liter and we use up to 100 milliliters. So yeah, if you got a one to nine. Um, you didn't mention anything about storing the other 900 milliliters. That is a good, uh, good point to bring up. Can this solution be stored? If so, what's the best practice for storage? And what is the shelf life? Yes, you can store that solution. The best practice would be to keep it cold. The colder, the better. Uh, The colder you can keep that solution, the better it is. Ideally, and I probably should have mentioned this before we got to this point, ideally, it would store better. Uh, Let me start from the very very beginning. We're going to do a good, better, best sort of situation here. They store better as powders non-diluted into anything. The powder by itself in the refrigerator in a cool, dry, dark place is the best way to store it. So keep the powder stored. That lasts forever. Then the next longest storage method is to have uh, part A and part B mixed into the water, but not mixed together. Those will last longer. Then when you mix them together, they last a little bit less time. So I hope I said that in the correct manner. Uh, Don't mix them. They last the longest. Uh, Parts A and B Uh, The powder into the water will last a little less longer. And then once you cross them all together, mix them all together, it lasts even less longer. So um, the best way possible would be keep it powder, then keep them divided. Then once you mix it, you can store it in a cool, dry, dark place like the refrigerator. I've got a jar in the fridge now. An important, important note, if you're going to put your silver thiosulfate in the refrigerator, make sure to clearly mark what that stuff is. It is clear. It's odorless. We don't want anybody drinking it. I do not think it would be harmful if you took a couple of swigs out of that, but let's not give that any risk. Let's not give that an opportunity. Clearly label that silver thiosulfate. If you've got children in the house, people that can't read, people that drink, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but let's set them up for success. Let's set ourselves up for success. 
let's clearly label that that is silver thiosulfate. Maybe put a ring of tape around the, the rim of the jar, the bottle, so that nobody can easily pull that open. To where if they do open it, they go, why the fuck is there electrical tape or duct tape on my, my moonshine or my jar of water here? Make them think another step before they pour that silver thiosulfate down their gullet and make themselves sick and blame it on you. Uh, set yourself up for success. Set everybody in your house up for success by clearly labeling the silver thiosulfate that is stored in your fridge. Mine is in a bag, and then it's labeled, and then it's clear. I'm the only one here that goes in the fridge. Nobody else is going in there. So if anybody else goes in there and drink it, they're an intruder, and uh, they can have the diarrhea that it gives them. I'm proud of them. Um, so you can store it. In the fridge is the best way. Cool, dry, dark place. It stores well cold. You know, I've never honestly stored any for too long. I make the one to nine ratio and then I use the 100 milliliters in that, you're correct, and then I make the bottle of spray and then I spray the plant, but then I use that again in three days. I pour more of that into the container and when I spray, I spray the shit out of the plant. So I use the whole liter. I never, uh, over the course of a feminized project, I don't have any left. I'll use that entire liter. So I usually don't store it for very long. I don't know how long it can be stored. For me, silver thiosulfate is super affordable, super cheap to make. It doesn't cost that much. For 20 or 30 bucks, you can make gallons of it. So I just make a fresh batch every time I'm trying to make new feminized seeds. Uh, I've got a batch mixed up now because I'm actually beginning to make some new seeds. That's a good segue, right, guys? We didn't talk about that. I am starting to make more feminized seeds. A lot of people are asking for uh, the orange gasm, the golden goats, the lemon Jeffries, and a couple of other things. They are in the works. You guys, I have started that. So give me a little bit of time. Don't rush me. Be patient. Let me get it done correctly. But feminized seeds are coming. I know you want them. I know they're in high demand. People have practically been begging for the fem seeds. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of space to make them. I did have other projects ahead of that. Uh, there was a learning curve, learning to adjust and breed in a whole room with LED lighting. So um, yeah, give me some patience and we'll get those fem seeds coming up. Uh, they're, they're in the works, you guys. All right. So you can store the silver thiosulfate in a cool, dry, dark place. Uh, it's so cheap that I honestly just make more of it. And I really don't store a lot of it because I use all of what I make to reverse the plants that I'm working with. So I just make that one liter, uh, use that. You're going to use it for the next 20. Honestly, I start reversing a plant sometimes up to two weeks before I'm going to flip it. So two weeks before flower, it gets a spray. A week before flower, it gets a spray. The day before flower, it gets a spray. Then every three days for 21 days, it'll get a spray. So I'm going to spray it 10 times-ish, uh, maybe a couple of more. If, if that plant takes a long time, if it's a longer flowering sativa, I'll spray it more times even into flower just to remind it, hey, bitch, don't go back to veg. Keep making those flowering balls. Keep making pollen for me. I'm uh, just reminding it, just giving it the, the spray that it needs to keep doing that, uh, encouraging it to keep producing pollen for me. So I spray it enough to where I use all of it. I don't ever have any leftovers. Uh, and then I just make more next time because it's very cost effective. If you're doing it correctly, it is very, very cost effective. This is one of the most affordable ingredients that we can buy for the garden is making our own silver thiosulfate. So I think I covered most of that. What's the best place to store it? And what's the shelf life? I honestly don't know the exact shelf life because I've never, uh, it's never lasted me that long. It's like asking me the shelf life of, life of cheesecake. I don't, it's never lasted that long, dude. Never gotten to that point. So um, I don't know. I wish I could give you better info on that, but I really, I would be lying and making some shit up and that's not how I do the show. So, uh, big respect. Thank you for the great question. Uh, store it in the fridge, uh, label it, make sure everybody in the household knows that that stuff is not to drink with, uh, not to drink, not to make any food. Don't consume that. And then I think everything will go well for you and just make more dude. Uh, it's super affordable. It's kind of fun to make it. And then, you know, you have a fresh, 
uh, potent batch every time you work with it because it does lose quality over time. Here's one thing to think about. If it changes colors, uh, it's going bad. If it starts getting dark, if you start seeing uh, stuff floating in it, uh, if the lid of the jar starts turning dark purple, then it's probably time to replace that. Uh, you don't want to use that product. All right. Thank you for the question, bro. Uh, I look forward to some replies on this. All right. I do have another question. Let's see. It says to read the one from Cincy. So we're going to grab this one right here. This one came from Patreon. This one came from a person who I called Cincy Nasty in the last episode. And they have been asked, they've asked me to call them Cincy Loco or Cincy Crazy. So big shout out to my buddy Cincy Crazy. They asked why I called them Cincy Nasty. I'll explain. I'm a sneakerhead. I recently uh, discovered some Nike Dunk SB Lows that said Nasty Boys on the back of them. And they are made for the Cincinnati Reds team. Uh, I don't care or know too much about baseball. No offense to baseball. If that's your thing, go for it. Yay, team. Uh, I'm very ignorant to sports and baseball, but I love these shoes. And I read about them to see why they said nasty boys on the back. There's a Cincinnati Reds team from one year that there were three or four players that just kicked ass and took the team to the championship. Uh, go team, go team. But that's why the shoes are called that. So when I read the word Cincy, I put nasty at the end of it because they were the Cincinnati Reds. They were the nasty boys. That's where all that math came through in my head. Hope I didn't offend you by calling you Cincy nasty. Also, I have another friend who goes by Cincy nasty on Instagram. So I think it was just embedded in my brain. Big shout out to my buddy Cincy nasty. Hope you're well, bro. Haven't heard from you in a long time. He posts a lot of great graffiti pictures. He does not do the graffiti he posts the pictures. You guys don't go painting shit that's not yours unless you're really talented. All right, let's get focused. Read this message from my buddy, Cincy Loco or Cincy Crazy. This one goes like this. Let me kind of find the uh, the meat because there's a lot of stuff that's just for me and not for you guys in this one. It says, good evening. Great podcast this week. I thought you did an amazing job of breaking down all of the questions so everyone can understand. First of all, that is a huge compliment because I understand that not everybody learns in the same way. Uh, I'm kind of a hands-on learner. I hated school, but I love to learn, if that makes any sense. If you're the kind of teacher that just sits there and reads from a book and expects me to follow along and then learn something, I'm bored about a page in, especially if you've got an annoying voice. I've already checked out. I'm thinking about other stuff, what I'm going to do when I get out of your dumbass class. Uh, if you're a fun, entertaining teacher, if you can let me touch some things and play with them and try to break stuff and rebuild it, then I'm going to learn some shit. So I'm glad that you see that I try to teach from a lot of different angles. That's why I kind of repeat myself. That's why some things I beat it into the ground because still some people, I'll, I'll, give, I'll tell you a hundred times that day one is when you flip the plants to 12-12, that's day one, and I'll still get 24 emails asking when is day one. So I've got to say things a lot of different ways. Um, all right. It's going to go on. It says, it has been really cool. I've got, uh, so he talks about a grow that he's working on that we've talked about. Then it says, um, so he's doing a little bit of breeding and he's talking about his breeding project. The main question is, since these plants are autos, I'm wondering, is it better to have a taller plant with a lot of bud separation so everything gets light or is a smaller, bushier plant better for THC production? So he's asking about phenotypical expression of the shape of the plant and wondering which will give better THC production. Now, unfortunately, I do not have an answer on that. Those are plants. Uh, I don't know the traits of those plants. Um, you could probably grow 100 seeds of the cross that you made, and you could find 25 squat plants and 25 tall plants, and you're going to find different ratios of cannabinoids through those phenotypes, especially since you've created um, it's not really, it's kind of an F1. It's kind of a polyhybrid. You're going to find the, I said polyhybrid, excuse me for that. You're going to find a huge mix of progeny in there. So I'm really not sure. Um, taller plant with a lot of bud separation. So everything gets light or a smaller, bushier plant. 
Uh, most people are going to prefer a shorter, bushier plant. If you're making seeds to share with people, sell to people, they're going to want the shorter, bushier plants. Uh, most people are growing indoors. A large percent of the people growing indoors are growing in a tent. Those people are going to want shorter plants. It's just going to make sense for them. Um, sometimes they sacrifice that short, bushy, faster flowering time for the THC potency. So they And I think they understand that. I think that they know that that is part of the gamble. Uh, in my opinion, I think that you get a better potency from a photo period plant, but I don't have anything to back that up. That's just from, from what I, I've seen, and I don't really have any science. Sorry, I'm talking out of my ass. Let's get back to focus. Uh, then it says, does this matter at all? All of the autos will get you faded, but not as heavily as the regular photo period plants we have grown. So I think that statement backed up what I was just trying to say. Uh, this person is growing autos and photos, and he says those autos get him faded, but not as much as the photo period plants. Uh, that does make sense. The autos are kind of in a hurry. Those photo periods, they got all day. They're just going to build up potency, build up the hormones and the precursors to make that potency. Um, so I understand that. Now, uh, it says, my goal has two parts with this project. Goal one is to increase the THC and have plants that yield well. Uh, so I guess that's number two is plants that yield well. That's always a good goal. Uh, high potency, high yields. That's what everybody wants. You get a good lab test. It looks good on the label, looks good on the jar. People want to buy it and smoke it. And then if there's a lot of it, you can sell a lot of that shit and make some money. So that's always a good goal. Uh, it says, which pheno will help me reach that goal more quickly, the tall pheno or the short pheno? I really have no way to predict that. I honestly don't have a way to predict that. Uh, a couple of things you could do. You could take the taller pheno and the shorter pheno and get a lab test of them. Which one of them gives you a higher THC percentage? Then breed to that one. You've obviously got a higher THC start. Uh, so you've got that ingredient that you're looking for. It's dominant. You know it's there. Use that one. That is a very good way to set yourself up for success. You know the ingredient you're looking for is there. Um, so what I would do, I would select a male and I would pollinate both of them. And I know that sounds like a lot of work, but you just put the one male plant next to your tall pheno, next to your uh, short pheno, and you let them do their magic, right? Let them finish. Get the seeds out of there. The seeds are probably going to take six to eight weeks to finish. Cut the, both plants down, label them tall and skinny and short and squatty. Pull the seeds out. Grow as many of the seeds as you can from both of them. Grow those seeds under scientifically controlled conditions. Grow 50 or 100 tall and lanky seeds and grow 50 to 100 short and squatty seeds right next to each other. Feed them exactly the same. Give them the same environment. Make it scientific. Act like you got two little kids in the room, and if you give one one extra fucking cheese it they're going to throw a fit. Act like you got little kids in the room and feed them and treat them all exactly the same, and then see which do you like better. Maybe you're going to find out that that THC isn't exactly what you're looking for. Maybe one of them has a terp that really fucks you up and gets you right where you need to be. It's not always about the THC. That's something really important to keep in mind. You may find a terpene. You may find a cannabinoid combination. You may find a few things that mix together in one of those phenotypes that really blast you just the way you need to get blasted. Sometimes that's like what the breeders discover for ourselves. We have the opportunity to breed and grow so many seeds. We find something unique to ourselves. Then we discover that when we share it, it's unique to a lot of people and they enjoy it as well. So don't focus too much on finding THC. Focus on finding a very balanced plant, a plant that grows well, a plant that produces well, and then it's got some terps. What's the point of having a plant that grows a lot of buds and gets you really high if when you smoke it, 
it tastes like you're smoking burnt pubes. Nobody's going to want to smoke that. It's not enjoyable no matter how high it gets me. Probably not going to smoke your buds that, sm that smell and taste like burnt pubes. It's got to have some good terps to it, some good aromas, good flavors, good bag appeal, good colors. It's got to be sticky. There are a lot of other things to think about that go along with that THC. So I understand the desire for THC and high yield. That's what we want. You want to get high and you want a lot of it, right? But you got to get some other things in there. Let me get myself back on track. What I would do, I would breed to both of those. I would take both of your plants, pollinate them. You've got seeds of both. Grow them both. See what you like. Here is something that you can do early on to help you decide how to move forward. Have you ever thought about predicative testing? We can plant as many, a population of seeds from both. So you got short and squat, cross to your male. Uh, you got tall and skinny, cross to your male. You got those seeds growing. You can get little test kits that you can you basically open up, fold, unfold a matchbook, and you rub part of the leaf tissue on the matchbook, and you close it back up, and then you put a number on it, short and squat plant number two, short and squat plant number three, and continue. Label each one according to what plant number you've got. You send those tests off to a laboratory. They can tell you if that plant is a male or a female, which is a great thing to have. We already can eliminate the plants we don't need if we're looking for males and females. They can also detect the presence of cannabinoid precursors, which means they can tell you if those plants later on in their life will develop high THC, high CBD, high THCV. They can dictate and, pre and predict all of the cannabinoids that may be present in that plant. They're in very, very low concentrations and low ratios at this time, but they know that if the presence of this cannabinoid and this other, uh, I'm not sure the detectors and the markers on the test, but they can say, this plant has potential for being a high THC potency plant. They can tell you that when the plants are three, four, five, or six inches tall, so you don't have to waste a lot of time. So if your main goal is for potency, you can send in a lab test. And this is, this is kind of new science backwards breeding. Uh, be open-minded to this. This is a new way and a backwards way of doing it. You can send in a lab test. Then they will send you back the numbers. Find the outliers within those populations. So if you're looking for high THC and you've got 50 plants, find the top 10 THC plants in those tests and get rid of, get rid of the other 40. So you've got your 10 highest THC potency females left from each side. Now you just went from 100 plants down to 20, and we know that these are all going to be high THC, highly potent plants. Now we grow them, we flower them out, we finish them, and now we look for all of the other traits which we may desire to make those plants what we want for the market, for ourselves. We already know they're going to have high THC. Now we find the one with the terps. Now we find the one that doesn't get powdery mildew. Now we find the one that grows the way we want it to grow. Does it grow tall and skinny? Does it grow short and squat? You find the one that works for you. Is there one that tastes amazing? Do a couple of them taste like burnt pubes like we talked about earlier? Now you already know that what you've got is all high potency plants. They're going to have the potency you're looking for. Now we just got to find the other markers in that population. So that's another option is predicative testing to remove the outliers or include the outliers from a population, then select from those that will definitely minimize population quite quickly. But if you don't have access and funding for that type of lab, what you would do is grow them, dude, grow them out just like any other pheno hunt and smoke them, smoke them yourself smoke them with your friends, and see what turns heads and what gets attention. You will know. Some stuff will definitely turn some heads. Some stuff will get ignored. It may be completely different for you and your crew. I said earlier, maybe sometimes you'll create some shit that everybody goes, dude, what is that? 
Like I've been at concerts before and lit up a joint and I've had everybody for 50 feet turn and look at me like, what the fuck are you smoking? They've all wanted to buy seeds or buy an eighth off me. They all circled around like vultures. That's how you know you hit gold. Sometimes you light up some weed and you try to pass it to your friends and they go, I'm good. That smells like you're smoking your fingernails over there. Sometimes you smoke some shit that you're like, I'm not super fond of this. And you smoke it with one of your friends and they're like, dude, I've got this medical problem that I've had my whole life. And when I smoke that shit, I feel amazing. And you're like, when I smoked it, I didn't notice anything. There might be a terp, a cannabinoid, a compound in there that works beautifully for something they've got going on. That's always beautiful to find because then you give them a clone of that plant or you give them seeds or whatever. And you're like, here you go, buddy. That's your magic medicine. Now that feels good that you've helped out a friend for the rest of their fucking life. They found relief from something that bugged them for a long time. You didn't even know you made their medicine. I've had that happen before. Big up to those people. They know who they are. But the real answer here, uh, the only real way to know this is to grow out these seeds. I would cross the male to the short and squat. I would cross the male, the selected male, one male, pick one dude that you really like, pick one dude and pollinate all of the plants, the squatty and the tall one, pollinate both of those with the same dude get those seeds, clearly label them and grow them both under the same conditions and see how you like that. That's the only way to find out is to run the plants, run the mix and see what you made. Otherwise, you're just kind of guessing. I have no way of telling you like which is going to have higher THC by looking at these plants. I would have to smoke it, uh, maybe run it through a lab. I don't have that ability. And keep in mind again, I know I've said this, but I just want to stress this part because this, we all get consumed by uh, lab reports and lab numbers and terpene reports and test results and all that shit. But here's something that I said the other day in a live chat and all the growers in there laughed pretty hard. I've never had a, a liquid chromatography machine come back and try to buy another bag. No matter how high the lab report was, none of those machines have ever called me and hit me up for another eighth. Does that make any sense to you? People buy weed. We're not growing machine. We're not growing weed for machines. People smoke weed. People smoke dabs not high-pressure liquid chromatography machines. Uh, we can impress those machines very easily. I know how to manipulate a lab test. We can get high fucking numbers if we really, really wanted to push it. We could really push it to where people are showing up at the grow going, what the fuck are you guys doing? We can get CNN there. It wouldn't be hard to manipulate a lab test. Uh, but what's the point? Like The numbers are just like, if you smoke it and it doesn't get you where you want to be, it could say 100% THC on the label and it doesn't matter to me. Uh, it's got to have some terps. It's got to have a few other things to get my attention. It's got to be tasty. I can smoke all the weed I want. Uh, I live in Colorado. There's all the weed. Like I can go to the store and I could buy uh, two ounces today and two ounces tomorrow. And if I can smoke two ounces by myself in a day, uh, I got to get better weed. But my point is I can smoke all the weed. We can get dabs. We can get edibles. We can get as fucked up as we want. I need it to taste good. That's one of the most important parts to me. I don't want to smoke bad tasting herb, herb that burns my throat herb that makes my tongue feel weird. I'm not into it. Why smoke that shit when there's good shit? So my point is, uh, don't focus too much on the numbers because the machines aren't going to come by another eighth. The people are going to come by another eighth. And they're the ones that are going to say, damn, that smells skunky. Damn, that was super sticky. Damn, that tasted like bubblegum and popsicles. They're the ones that are going to come back with some money, not the machine. So don't focus too much on those numbers. That's my main point here. Let me get my high ass back on track. Obviously, I've been smoking something fucking good today. Uh, Cincy Loco, thank you for the great message, dude. I think I answered this, honestly. Um, which one will help me get to that goal quicker? Um, I shouldn't harp too much on that part, but when you're breeding, don't focus on getting to the goal more quickly. Focus on getting the goal accurately. Uh, there's no fast tracking and breeding. Doing it the fast way will get you fucked up. That's the way to fuck it all up. Do it the quick way. So uh, grow from your heart, breed with love, and take your time, man. Put some love and art 
into your art. Put some love, skill, some passion, and do it correctly. Um, it's only gonna you're gonna do two plants side by side. It's not gonna take you much longer. The hard part will be growing both of them, but it's fun. Then you get to compare. You get to take a bunch of notes, which we're gonna talk about in a future episode. All right, it goes on to say, uh, I'd prefer, uh, let's see, Cincy Loco or Cincy Nasty would be preferred. Then he asked, what gave me the nasty vibe? Uh, nothing to do with any of the things that you listed. I think I explained that a moment ago. It all stemmed from a pair of shoes from the Cincinnati Reds. Triggered my brain. Got the ADD going. Speaking of ADD, it is time to wrap up this podcast episode. You guys, Cincy, thank you for the great message, bro. I want to thank you guys again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. 676 episodes. That's amazing. That's fucking tremendous to me. I haven't done anything else 676 times successfully. So thank you for all the support. Thank you for listening, hanging out. It was pointed out recently that episode 710 is coming up. What are we going to do for episode 710? What's going to happen? I don't have to take some dabs or do something, but I'm afraid to dab on the show because I don't want YouTube to get mad at me and put me on restriction for something weird. Anyway, I'm rambling. I'm stoned. I hope you had a good time. I hope you had as much fun as I did. It would not have been the same without you, so make sure you pop in for the next episode. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know I would love to hear from you. The email address is at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me your feedback. Don't worry about my little ego. I could take some bruises. Let me know your real honest opinion of the show. If we need to make some adjustments or corrections, I'll take your feedback. We'll see what happens from there. Uh, don't forget about patreon.com. If you feel like the episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, maybe you just like to send me a tip on Patreon. All you have to do is visit patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Big up and big thanks to everybody who supports the show. Uh, if you need any more information, please do check out the website, iregenetics.com. All the information you need is at iregenetics.com. There's a link to the Patreon. There's a link to the web store. There are links to seed vendors on there. There's a link to the discord, everything you need iriegenetics.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is all I've got for you for this episode. You know, I'll be back in just a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy, OG Tony. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.